Okay, ladies and all right. I need to come up with a nickname for my audience. All right, you, you pieces of trash. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Get Trashed. I don't know, maybe something more endearing than pieces of trash, but they're pieces of trash. They're we're all hanging out in the trash can. We're in the trash zone. We're in the trash zone. Uh, let's get yeah. I should have you know whatever. Let's get um, slutty. Yeah. Welcome back to another exciting, dynamic, imperative episode of <laughs> Let's Get Trash. This is going to be an instructional episode. I'm going to give you uh, instructions uh, regarding this movie that we're talking about. As you can see from the title, we are discussing Nicholas Coppola's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. There it is. Which there you just saw, is. Jimmy, you just saw last week, right? Yeah, I saw uh, Unbearable Weight and Men like two days apart. So Men was obviously our previous episode. But uh, yeah, Unbearable Weight. Yeah, saw it pretty recently. So it's pretty fresh. Cool. All right, let's get right into this one. I, I, usually, I usually dilly-dally, but I'm not going <laughs> to dilly-dally today. I'm going to dive right in. Uh this movie, so as you can tell from the as you can tell from the trailers, if you've seen any trailers, if you completely don't know about this, it's Nicolas Cage playing himself, a fictionalized, stylized version of himself. Um, you know, he's kind of down on his luck, you know, as an actor, which is kind of based in reality, right? He's had a he's had a rough go of it last uh, few years. I guess or, in the or, movie, I think he's been killing it lately, but that's just me. <laughs> okay, that's very yeah. All right, well that's he's definitely not killing it. He makes terrible movies. Okay, um, I mean I think he's I think he has enough money. I can't yeah. imagine I can't imagine he's like really hungry for money nowadays. I think he had a tax thing a few years back, but I don't think he's really hungry for money. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I mean I don't know. He makes. What do you think about Nicolas Cage? Are you because this this whole film is on on based on the premise that it, all these people are like huge Nicolas Cage fans and they yeah. just want to hang out with him. So they uh, the main our Pedro Pascal invites him to like his birthday party. He's a billionaire and he just wants his favorite actor, the great Nicolas Cage, yeah. to be there and all this kind of stuff. Um, does any of that even ring true to you at all? What do you mean? Like, do I like Nicolas Cage like outside of the movie, or do I like this movie? Like, what are you asking? Do you like him as an actor? Do you like? Do you like? Yeah, of course. A majority of his body of work. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he's great. Really? Yeah, I know. I'm a fan. Is he sure. like? So, if you have, if you have one actor's catalog to take on the desert island, you're yeah. stuck. You're stuck on the desert act on a desert island. You got a TV. You got a DVD player and one. <laughs> catalog every movie by this actor is he even in that conversation for you honestly he might be man because that's a lot of movies that he's been in i mean you get a lot of movies with nick cage you get a lot of variety damn dude right that's wild he okay i mean no it's not it's not wild obviously people think that way or else this film wouldn't have even been written but i think here's the thing with all his movies they don't necessarily like age well like He's a character like like Ghost Rider. Maybe mm-hmm. at the time, kind of cool. Maybe I was young enough to like it, but now you're like, this is insane. <laughs> like, I think maybe the only ones that do 
that I'll still be hype about is probably like National Treasure. Like I loved that shit. I absolutely love that movie. Okay. Yeah, I mean that was okay. I don't know. It's it's he's he makes a lot of bad films and he's bad in a lot of them. Sure. Um, if not most of them, probably most. He's he mostly he's makes bad films and he's mostly bad in them. Uh, he gets a pass because his real last name is Coppola, which means he just gets to do whatever he wants in this fucking industry for. Until I actually didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's a Coppola. That's why he's like. That's why you can sit around wondering, like, how the hell did they even make a prestige movie about how much we love Nicolas Cage when all his movies are nonsense and bad? And then you'd be like, oh, he's he's a Coppola, which means he just gets like a free pass of, you know. Dude, his middle name is Kim. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know why. <clears throat> I don't know why it's Nicholas Kim Coppola. I don't know who the Kim is. Yeah. I mean, um, that's his middle name. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I don't, I don't know why his parents invented that for him. Did that? Yeah. Unless there's a Kim he's named after, unless his grandma's Kim Coppola or something like that. I don't know, Kimberly something. <clears throat> no idea. But if I'm on a desert island, mm-hmm. I think I would rather, I might rather stare into the sun than watch Matchstick Man again. <laughs> that's how. That's how not in the conversation. Uh, Nick Cage's as far yeah. as his movies I'm bringing you know you don't want to watch Sorcerer's Apprentice 1800 times I've never seen it but I heard it was I'm going to be saying the word dog shit a lot in this episode yeah. folks <laughs> okay um I've never seen it but I've heard that about I've heard that about that film I heard that was a you know particularly egregious yeah um obviously face off is historically bad even though people love it but they if you love it you you're you're wrong. You love it for the wrong reasons, but it's very bad. Um, oh, I didn't know he was in. in oh, yeah, he is in Into the Spider-Verse because he, he plays the Spider-Noir character. Oh, I've never saw that. Spider- but it's a cartoon, right? Yeah, it's a cartoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, voice actor-y stuff doesn't count. You can do okay. do whatever you so want. So you, you legitimately, have you always thought Nick Cage is bad or he, it's just age bad? And now you're like, what is he doing? He's done too many movies. I've, like there's never been a point in time where you're like, Oh, Nick Cage is great. I'm going to see this movie. Like, no, at earlier age. definitely not. I mean, I've look. Okay. I've, I've seen so many of his movies. Obviously, I've seen Face Off, Con Air, The Rock. I've gone through that. You know, I was, I you know, I was in the early shit. In the 90s, watching all of this. Gone stuff. in 60 seconds. Gone in 60 seconds. Again, he's That's got a good movie. He's got okay. I wouldn't say it's a good movie. He's got movies I like. I like Gone in 60 seconds. I like The Rock. I like a lot of the stuff he's in. To be on, you know, especially in the 90s. Early two thousands. Um, <clears throat> I'm not gonna say it's. I'm not gonna say he's good in it, but there's some stuff that's okay. I liked National Treasure as well. I didn't. I don't love it. Yep. Um, I don't think it's that good. But that's the other thing is he also only makes all the movies of his that are like tolerable. Yeah. Are you know these kind of weird action movies like Gone sixty seconds is good, or it's fun to watch, but it's no. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a good movie with any depth to it. Okay. People say Pig, the new one Pig is actually really good. I, I might watch I, I might watch that cuz they say he's like he can actually act in that one. But I don't know. I've never seen anything. Moonstruck made me sick. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, Moonstruck is 
terrible. I know my both my parents, if they're listening, are fucking screaming at their iPhones right now. But uh, you're wrong. Moonstruck <laughs> sucks. Um, and I don't know. But any anything that anything he tries to be in raising Arizona. I raising Arizona. I didn't like that much. Okay. My, my brother loves that movie. It's like and a, I mean, a lot of people like love cult that movie. movie. Yeah, it's a cult classic. It's Coen yeah. Brothers, early Coen Brothers movie. Probably the first Coen Brothers comedy, I think. Because um, Blood Simple was like their first movie, which is a, you know, drama. And then uh, Raising Arizona, it might be two or three. It might be the first time they did like comedy. But okay. it's not that funny to me. Yeah, it's not that funny, and he's just what he is, which is weird. And and he talks about you know when Nicholas Cage in interviews talks about himself being a maximalist actor. <laughs> okay, he's not he's not trying is. to be nuanced. But his entire career, like what Al Pacino is now, Al Pacino yeah, yeah. is he's now the hoo-ah. He's, yeah, he's the big you know he's big energy guy. Nicholas Cage has been that from the beginning. Yeah, but Al Pacino sucks now. Yeah, he now Pacino used to be great when when he was this guy when he was the you know uh, when he was Godfather uh, Dog Day Afternoon you know Pacino used to be great and yeah. then scent of a now woman he's a caricature yeah scent of a woman he became hua guy and now he's just that in every movie times ten he's even he's getting worse he played yeah. you know in the Irishman he played Jimmy Hoffa as I mean I don't know I've never seen Jimmy Hoffa on TV maybe Jimmy Hoffa was like this. Yeah, but I don't think so. I think they just needed Al Pacino. Well, so when Al, you're that Al Pacino played Hua Jimmy Hoffa, which is fucking insane. Well, he's not like a. I think when you get to that age and that scale of acting too, like you don't get notes on on, on set. You know, you don't get direction. You just do whatever you want, and then people are like, "Well, we got Al Pacino in it." You know, maybe you get notes from Martin Scorsese. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, how, the Irishman. How, yeah. I mean, how is Scorsese? He's already know? he's already so Al Pacino. Like, what do you really say to him? You know, you can't be like, do a do a fucking you know. You say, give accent. me a little, give me a little less. Yeah, but yeah, give me a little less. Maybe you could do that. Then yeah. you do that forty times in a row, and by take forty one, you have something. And then you just keep doing that until he realizes, okay, I got to just do everything less, or I have to do a bunch of takes. Yeah, that's how you get a. That's how you get. You just do a little by. Uh, that was great, man. Just give me a little less. That's sure. how. That's how you deal with like actors. Oh, you know what? Let me get a little more. Let me get a little less. Let me try something. You know, can we try or or be like, let's just for fun. We do this and we do this in the studio too. You're working on a solo. He's like, this for fun. Let me hear. We have what you we have your planned take. Sure. We have that in the can, right? Um, let's try. Let's try this one more, and this go completely different. Go in a completely different direction. Yeah. Let me let me see something completely different, and then whatever it is, the director. Which is like, oh, that's really good. Let's let's take that and do something with it. Sure. That's how you get. That's how you get a guy to to give you something different. Is you pretend like, oh, we got something great already. Now let's just do one more for safety and be like, you know, you trick them. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's yeah the same same kind of thing you would get from music. You get from uh, you know, actors behind the as you're as you're trying to give them some direction. And some actors, some directors don't even deal with the acting of it that much. They some directors leave it completely up to the actor, and they just handle like the 
more the technical stuff. They're not worried about the they're they they're not worried about the performance really. They're they're letting the actors dictate the performance. Sure. Some guys um I think Woody Allen is a very big actor director. He's in addition to being just a brilliant like shot composer and and you know doing you know really great stuff of actual camera work. He actors all say they love working with him. Yeah. But he gives them a lot of feedback on uh, you know, behavior and stuff like that, and that kind of stuff that that helps them out, and they really like it. Most, even some of the best actors, De Niro says he loves it when a director gives him notes. He wants okay. these actors that I've heard in interviews. They all say maybe because it's the polite thing to say, but they all say, "Yeah, I want a director who's given me feedback. I want to be like, I want to know that I'm accomplishing your vision in the right way." Yes. So I don't know. I don't know if Pacino's like that. I don't know if Nicolas Cage has ever listened to anybody. I don't know if Nicolas Cage has ever seen somebody else act. Has <laughs> seen uh, like another person's movie outside his own movie? Yeah. Has he ever, has he, you know, <laughs> has he ever watched any other actors besides himself in a mirror, like an improv class? Like what sure. the, what the fuck is this dude doing in yeah. everything? Um, Matt Stickman like, added what's like the latest, like besides Massive Talent, what's like the last Nicolas Cage movie you've seen? Like, I'm sure it's Man, been a while. It has been a while. I don't know if I have the answer to that. Just um, from the last even 10 years. So definitely, let's see. What was Kick-Ass before or after National Treasure? It was after because that's 2010. National Treasure is? I think the last National Treasure was 2007, so Kick-Ass okay. was 2010. Okay, so I definitely saw that. I might have seen one or two after that, maybe one after that. Yeah. And Kick-Ass is bad. Not Yeah, Kick-Ass is not good either. Mm-hmm. Um, another Lionsgate film. Lionsgate makes bad – or actually, this Lionsgate didn't make this movie, but they did produce it, or they did uh, distribute it. They bought the rights for it. Um, but Lionsgate has ba- – I always talk about how A24 is great taste. They're a distribu- distribution company that purchases really great films and distributes them to theaters. Lionsgate is the opposite. Lionsgate is the moronic counterpart to A24, who's sure. been around a lot longer. But if you go through Lionsgate catalog, damn. It's very bad. They These guys, I don't know what they're watching. <laughs> how did you think this was good? For so many things. Um, so yeah, they're, this is a Lionsgate film. That being said, so let's, let's, we'll get back into the film. We'll get to the sure, little bit of the sure. uh, storyline of it. Nicholas Cage, famous actor, trying to get some parts, not exactly getting it. He has a, uh, he has a ghost of himself. He has like a, he has like a Jiminy Cricket. That's a younger Nicholas Cage. That's actually Nicholas Cope. He's got his Jiminy Cricket that's hanging out on his shoulder uh, trying to give him advice is Nicholas Coppola, a 21-year-old leather jacket wearing Nick Cage, who's like... Who's full Nicholas Cage. Like hyping him up. Yeah. yeah. Going crazy. Uh, you know, he has these like hallucinations that he thinks he's like talking to himself and he's like, yeah, dude, I'm doing great. You're right, dude. I am crushing it. <laughs> um, so that's his, that's like the voice in his head. The, the Jiminy Cricket, I love to call it. And, uh, so he's got that 
and then he gets this offer. He's not making. He's not getting the movies he wants. He gets this offer. Some billionaire wants you to hang. He's gonna give you a million dollars if you come to his birthday party in, you know, Greece, like on some island. Yeah, and he doesn't want to do that, but he's kind of he he owes people money, right? He's even the place he's staying at. They're like, dude, the bill is due. Basically. Oh yeah, yeah. He's living in a. Yeah, exactly. He's living in a. Uh, he's living in a fancy hotel like Royal yeah, Tenenbaum. Hotel. Can't af- can't afford it. Yeah. Um. So he's like, he doesn't want to do the birthday party. He tells his agent, but his the door is locked on the you know his hotel, and he's like, "Fuck, I gotta." Oh, do that's it. right. He gets evicted. Yeah, he gets evicted. Yeah, he's from like, his hotel. Oh, God damn! All right, I'll do the goddamn birthday party. I'm not a clown, but I need to do it for money. So yeah, so he goes and does yeah. that, and it's you know, I will say it's funny. I mean, like, so he's he's it's a funny movie. And it's a, it's not a it's not a bad movie. Yeah, uh, and I start I started. He's in, he's in on the joke. He does he, this thing. He does yeah. the. Every time he meets somebody, yeah. he does this karate thing where he puts like yeah. an open palm into his fist or his fist yeah. into his open palm and like nods. That's very funny. I jo- I wrote down, I was like, I'm going to do that with everybody I meet from now on. <laughs> Nick Tasso. Uh, yeah. Nice to meet you. I'm just going to do that. Nice to meet you. <laughs> but then people will think I'm like the world's biggest Nick Cage. You don't understand how ironic I'm being. Uh, the world doesn't understand me in my sense of irony. <laughs> So, he's now hanging out with Pedro Pascal, famously from uh, Narcos and a bunch of other Game stuff. Of he's, he's in a, he's in a Star War now, of some yeah. kind. Uh, so yeah, Pedro Pascal, who's who's good. He plays a kind of a weird, you know, timid kind of weirdo. Who is the he's the leader of an international drug cartel. Um, and the other thing, oh yeah, this is the my, the other the other plot point at the early on is that. A young girl gets kidnapped, and we discover, yeah. we discover through like news reels and stuff like that, that uh, she's the daughter of you know some president. So the 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 president's daughter. Some country is about to have an election, and the president's daughter gets kidnapped. Yeah, or the candidate's kidnapped. daughter gets kidnapped. They're kidnapping the daughter to hopefully ensure that that candidate that candidate's isn't going to get elected. Yeah, they want it, they want him to yeah. drop out of the race so that the yeah. other guy will win cuz the other guy loves drugs. Yeah, and, something about uh, he's gonna, he's going to let he's going to let the drugs he's going to let the drug cartel do whatever they want. Yeah. So they the guy who's not going to stop the drug who the guy who wants to stop the drug cartel, his daughter they're going to kidnap. Um and of course then they like the government or the they ask the CIA for help, which is why we have Tim uh uh Tiffany Shaddish, Tiffany Haddish, yeah, and uh, some other dude who I don't remember his name or what he looks like. Um, and also, Ike slight... Baron Holtz. Okay. Uh, Alec Baron. So, also, slight digression. Anybody watching this? Also, especially, I don't know what our international listenership looks like, but worldwide. Just a, just a heads up. If your president's daughter gets kidnapped. Whatever country you're from, the CIA did it. <laughs> Don't call the CIA and ask them for help. Call yeah. the CIA and ask for your daughter back because that's who has it in real life. Uh, yeah. The, you know, if somebody's trying to interfere with your election and k- kidnap your king's daughter or whatever the fuck, the CIA already has her. That's who took her. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with, you know, it's got nothing to do with anything else. I promise it's the CIA. Um, but in this, but, this, but not in this movie. In this not movie, in this movie. In actually, fact, the they drug don't, cartel. I guess they don't really 
I guess they care about the daughter. Why does the CIA care about the daughter in this film? Exactly. You know, that doesn't really That's, make sense to it, me. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no real reason. I, there's I no... Think, I think maybe that... the the I think the conceit that they tried to put forth is that the anti-drug cartel candidate asked the CIA for help, and they wanted to help him because the CIA is the good guys who are trying to stop violent drug cartels. And yeah. once again, folks, none of that is not based that, in reality. That's not believable. Yeah. That's not, they would, they would the, want the drug guy to win. The CIA is not who stops drug cartels. The CIA yeah. is the reason we have drug cartels killing innocent people in other countries. That's Where do you think drug cartels get their guns and money from? Yep. I guarantee you it's the you know that's who did it to you. So what is it about Pedro Pascal that he keeps getting into a drug cartel move or situations as an actor? You know, what's that about? Is that typecasting? He's a is he's that typecasting? A, he's from Chile, so he's a Chilean, I'm mean, a Chilean American, I guess. He can speak he can speak Spanish and he and he voluntarily has a mustache like yeah. in real life. And so they're just like, yeah. Oh, you're he's our the guy. You're the guy. We're, you're the you're, drug guy. You're narcos. Yeah, you're. you're uh, you're you're playing this character. I don't know. Does he do Does he do drugs in Star Wars? Um, he doesn't As do drugs. Whatever. No, he doesn't. He's more like a monk kind of vibe. Okay. Uh, so good for him on that that front, getting a different role. Yeah, but. I can't remember what else I've seen him in. He's good. He's good in everything. Um, well, Game of Thrones is is his breakout for sure. Oh, I never saw. I never. I didn't watch much of that. He was great in it. He's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. He's a key um, player. That was his breakout, Game of Thrones. Huh? Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Um, cool. Yeah, so he's a TV guy who's finally making it so, making his way into movies. Good for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's very good. No, no complaints here. And he does a good job of being a timid, even though he's this drug cartel leader. Yeah. He's kind of a timid weirdo and he, he seems He's not nervous. necessarily a leader, I would say, but he's affiliate his family's affiliated with it and he well, gets to, he gets to use the money from it. So he's get, living... Well, let's not get into spoilers yet. Okay, cool. Don't forget that's a that's the spoiler. He is Okay. He sure. is the international leader of this drug cartel. And then when which nobody knows except for the CIA. Yeah. And then when they see Nicolas Cage getting off the plane, heading to his birthday party. That's when the, the Tiffany Haddish and the other CIA dude intercept him to be like, "Hey, we need you got this invite. We need you to help us out and be a spy." Yeah, and spy on this guy. Um, and then it's just a bunch of weird hanging out jokes. They do, you know, Nick Cage and Pascal. They do. They go through like his museum of all his Nicolas Cage art, uh, memorabilia. Yeah, Pascal obviously a fan of Nick Cage, the movie character has a script that he wants him to read and at first the oh, yeah. you know Nick Cage is like very annoyed by him and like this is lame and then Pascal wins his love and affection through some silliness basically. Yeah, they do drugs and, and do some silliness. Yeah, they do drugs and get drunk together and have and, great yeah. times and be, start to become very very good friends. That's how they become best friends. Yeah. And then so Nick Cage is having this like uh I guess dilemma because he's supposed to spy on him or do things for the cia all of a sudden um mm -hmm. and then he's but he's like i don't think he's this guy but like maybe he is this guy and there's sort of this like back and forth i guess that's yeah he's yeah. struggling with his you know the cia keeps telling him that they're clandestine meetings 
CIA is telling him this guy's evil and Nicolas Cage is like everything I've experienced with him has been great. Yeah. Um uh, and he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to uh what's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for a very he doesn't know how to uh damn, it's not consolidate. Well, he just okay. thinks he is a I'm, good I'm reader. I'm embarrassing people. myself by not being able to think of this word. Yeah. Uh, well, he thinks, he, he, he thinks because of his like the then the joke is always he's always talking about himself and his methods that he uses as an, as an actor in everyday situations. So he's like saying that based on his readings and his acting that he understands uh, Pedro's character and he doesn't believe that he would have kidnapped, you know, the daughter type of thing. Right. Not the most important thing for this conversation but yeah basically you know they're hanging out they become friends uh there's a lot of action things happening because the cia mm -hmm. is involved and there's some cartel shit going down but and nick cage is just being full nick cage kind of yeah yeah let uh so before we get into spoilers maybe we won't even do too much spoilers on this one um i'm gonna say my biggest complaint about this film mm-hmm is that if you're going, if you want to see this film for its comedy purposes, and it is a pretty funny film, but if you're going to go see this film for comedy reasons, you want to go see this and, and laugh, you're not, you know, because it is like an action comedy. Um, if you're, if you're trying to see this as a, as a comedy, do not, if you can avoid it, do not watch the trailer. Because the ah, the yeah. television trailer spoil. There's three ostensibly big laughs in this film, and all three of them happened in the trailer. That's a bummer. Yeah, right. Climbing over the wall, they're they're on drugs and they're like, we have to climb over the wall, blah blah blah. And they're that big panicky, anxiety inducing scene. Sure. And then one of them gets over the wall. The other one's like, I'm going to die back here. And it's like, I'm sorry. Thanks for sacrificing yourself. And they're just like freaking out because they're on acid or mushrooms or whatever. They're yeah. crazy on drugs. And then they look and they're like, oh, we could have just walked around the wall. It's right. It's two feet away. That's supposed to be a big reveal, misdirection joke mm -hmm. kind of laugh. But we saw it in the trailer. Yeah. Um, the totally other, unnecessary. The other misdirection, the other misdirection, you know, silly joke they're talking about their favorite movies. Uh, Pedro Pascal says, I love Paddington 2, which I think is about a bear. Yeah. Uh, he says he loves that movie. And then Nicolas Cage says, that's crazy. You're a 50-year-old man. How could that be your favorite movie? And then yeah. you smash cut to they're both sitting there on the couch watching the credits roll, and they're both crying their eyes out. And Nicolas Cage goes, that's the funny. That's the best movie I've ever seen. It's so whatever. I don't know anything about that movie. I don't know if it's actually that good or whatever. I, I don't even know if there is a Paddington 2. What I do know is that I saw that joke in the trailer. Um, the other one, well, I guess this, that's, you know, uh, there was a third one, too, that I, I don't remember. But it's just, oh, yeah, the movie prop one. The he when he's in he's in Pedro Pascal's museum, yeah, uh, his Nicolas shrine Cage, to Nicolas Cage, Nicolas yeah. Cage movie props. Oh, here's the guns from Face Off. Here's the rock from The Rock. Here's the you know the here's the little green balls from The Rock. Here's yeah. here's uh you know the matchstick from Matchstick Men. It, you know it's all it's all that kind of shit. And then there's like the big statue of Nicolas Cage, and he's like that thing. You know, again the misdirection joke is he's going oh that thing is 
creepy and disgusting. I hate the way it, it looks so terrible. And there's the big pause, and he yeah. turns around and says, I'll give you $20,000 for it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, that subverting expectations. Again, I don't – wasn't that funny? Definitely wasn't funny after I saw the trailer four times on TV uh-huh. and then had to see it in the movie. So a really, really poor job of – and then there's not a ton – I don't remember. And I've, I saw this movie several weeks ago, so I'm a little out of it. But there's not a ton of – belly laughs i don't think right no not necessarily um i mean i'm sure what their intention was in the trailer was to like show you the chemistry between the two characters and the actors because the chemistry i think is great between nicholas cage and pedro pascal uh and it's it is funny it's kind of like a it's sort of just like a steady aha kind of thing the whole time Mm -hmm. you're just like okay like and it is kind of fun uh kind of a fun movie i enjoyed it but Especially if you've seen enough Nicolas Cage movies, I think people would probably like it. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, they probably could have shown that chemistry without giving away all those, maybe the some of the bigger, like, what were supposed to have been, you know, the funniest parts of the movie. Yeah, that's the thing is so many punchlines get, get dropped in the trailer. And so, yeah. and then, then, then what? Then we're running out of punchlines, folks. And uh, running out of punchlines, that's a good name for something. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I so yeah, if you're I mean, this movie is obviously for people who are like big Nicolas Cage fans or you're just big like it's a you know, if you're a person that just loves references. Yeah. You know, oh my I you know, you're you love seeing stuff which is a lot of stuff. Every you know, every Disney movie, every fucking Star Wars TV show is just like hiding Easter eggs for fans to see. Like, oh my god, oh, that's yeah. the that's the guy from the original Star Wars. That's the, oh what? Wow, the same. Yeah. You know, it's it's just ref, it's just referencing its own universe. This movie is kind of making, in a sense, and it's kind of making fun of. Like if 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 you could interpret this film as like a dig at Disney, in a sense of like every everything Disney makes is nowadays is just referencing something thing, yeah. something that they've something that they already made or something that they already own all their you know star right. wars tv shows are just like it's just nothing but you know fan service and references so things for the fans to be like oh i recognize that i you know that's a um, lightsaber yeah, yeah that's yeah <laughs> that's the guy from i mean i remember i mean i haven't seen a star wars movie a star wars the thing in years yeah uh because i'm just i'm done and you know, long-time listeners are well aware of my stance on Disney and their uh, presence in the film community. But I'm done with Star. I'm done with all that kind of shit. But I remember from Rogue One. Yep. There was a scene. They're just walking down the street on some planet, whatever, whatever dumb planet they're on for no reason. They're walking down the street and they bump shoulders with. Oh the, God! Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. the bump shoulders guys. With, yeah, with Pon, yeah. whatever his name is, Ponda Baba, and the other guy who like. In the original Star Wars, Alec Guinness cuts off his arm because they're about to start a fight with Mark Hamill. Like, yeah. you know, we just have to see those two. How tiny it, it's, it's. How tiny is this universe? Star Wars is the smallest. Star, Star Wars is a small town because yeah. you just see the same people everywhere. Uh huh. You know, it's it's insane that like we have to see these minor characters. 
in the background of every, it, again it's like a it's like a small town everybody's in my business i just see everybody it just doesn't seem you know what's the point of having a having a giant fictional universe if there's only 40 people living in the entire thing and you just sure. keep bumping into each other i saw I mean, that's that's kind of specifically i think what this movie is supposed to be it's supposed to be like a Nicolas Cage, a huge Nicolas Cage nod, right? We, of course it is. Yeah, but you I mean, know it, that going that's in. That's on the surface. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I mean is like the the subtle thing. I, if I'm, I'm giving it too much credit maybe by saying it's a dig at Disney for like everything oh, okay. everything you make is just like this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Star Wars version of unbearable weight of, you know. The Cage universe. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where we, I guess we can, uh, get into spoilers. So Nicholas Cage is being pressured by the government, by the CIA to, you know, spy on his new friend, feeling bad about it. Um, Nicholas Cage, because of Nicholas Cage is feeling so conflicted about this. He starts being, I don't know, weird. Yeah, because now he's like openly, not openly, but he's he's definitely has some deceit against his new best friend. Yeah, yeah. That's a, so, and then that what that that prompts Pedro Pascal to f- surreptitiously fly Nick Cage's ex-wife and daughter over to yeah. Hungary or wherever they're hanging out. Yeah, but just behind his back, he's like, I think my friend Nick Cage is acting weird. I'm gonna get his wife and daughter here so we can all so that he can have his family with him and we can do like a group therapy session yeah because basically then, on, on acid they decide that they need to write a movie together yeah. and so pedro pascal's character is t- totally fixated on writing this movie and when nick cage has some bad ideas for the movie because he's asking CIA leading questions. He's like, wait, you're being weird. What's going on? This, we need to get your family out here and have like some sort of uh, intervention so you can work your shit out and we can write our movie. Right. You know, which is how can you even tell if Nick, how can you tell if Nick Cage is being weird? Like that's the whole, it's like, there are no red flags of like, damn, Nick Cage is acting kind of weird today. Is that, is is something wrong? Like, no, that's what he, you can't, that's, you can't tell. The whole sure. premise of the movie is that we can't tell if he's acting weird because he's a weird guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but Nick Cage walks into a room and sees his wife and daughter sitting there, panicked and worried about him. And he takes that as a threat. And that's his first clue that oh, this guy is an evil dude. Yeah. He kidnapped my family without telling me. And then we get into the big spoiler, which is bump uh, dum spoilers. Skip ahead like two minutes because we're probably not going to talk about this very long but big spoilers pedro pascal is actually not a violent drug criminal yeah. pedro pascal is just the polite face that they put on the organization to be like a, a pretend legitimate businessman but the actual criminal criminal is pedro pascal's neck tattoo cousin he's the actual mastermind of the cartel yeah He's the one that kidnapped the girl. He is the one that wants to kill Nick Cage when she finds out he's part of the CIA. Um, yeah, so it's actually the cousin. And then 
you know, then there's just a big action set piece at the end of like, we got to get the cousin. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, so the uh, in the movie they're writing, which this was like kind of a, kind of a funny thing, I guess that like the fake movie, Nicholas Cage and Pedro Pascal are writing is kind of happening in real time. Cause he's like, what if my daughter got kidnapped? Mm-hmm. And then, right. His daughter does get kidnapped. Like kind of some of the themes of the movie that they're like, oh, writing yeah. kind of are happening. Like, yeah, those as, are the- as, a, as like a layered thing in the movie, you know, I guess like, I don't know. It's there, there's some funny things in it. Yeah, um, that's right. Those are the leading questions of like, so if you kidnapped a girl, where yeah. would you hide her? Where do you think this character would hide her? And Pedro Pascal's like, what does kidnapping have to do with this buddy comedy we're trying to write? Yeah. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> Sorry, uh, everybody. We have to do these in sections now because Zoom reinstated their 40-minute limit. Uh, so sure. now everything is like, we every episode we have to do two different Zoom calls. And we sometimes lose our train of thought because of that. <laughs> We're like, wait, what were we talking about? Yeah, not that, you know, not that my our thoughts were so profound anyways. Um, they were going anywhere. Yeah. So then and so then after that big reveal and all that kind of stuff, then we have a big action scene and, and uh Nicholas Cage has to save the day and all this kind of stuff and Pedro Pascal uh readjusts his loyalties to his friends and not the family anymore. Yes. Blah, blah, He's blah, like, I got to stand up to my family and my yeah. family and yeah. Do the right thing. So he turns out to be actually a good guy, which is very nice. You know, he, he turned out to be a genuine person because yeah. as an audience member, when he's like, I got brought your family down here and he's doing us, he's doing things throughout the film that you're like, is he a crime guy? I don't think he is. But then he turns out to, he's like, no, he's a genuine, just guy, fan of Nick Cage that was excited to write a movie with him. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it explains all his like weirdness and timidness. You're like, how is this nervous movie fan, a, 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 a hardened drug criminal? It's like, yeah. oh, cause he's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of redeems his like initial arc of just being that guy, uh, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of product placement in this movie. Really? And, and not just, not just like, um, not just obviously Nick Cage's film catalog, which is, you know, a type of product placement, but that fits in the story. But, I wrote down you see you see a lot of boxes of fruit loops with the logo very prominently displayed. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so, huh. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of that in this okay. film. There's a lot of like with you know, so many movies do that. Sure. Nowadays, that's an extra source of funding. They reach out to corporations or the studios have deals with yeah. corporations to um, you know, prominently display products. It's so it's so jarring. If it's you, a little gross. Yeah. If you notice it, which I always notice it, you know, which is why I hate so many of these, like, so many of these corporate films and stuff like that. Yeah. These big studio productions because they're just, again, literally like zooming in on a box of Fruit Loops while Nick Cage and Pascal are trying to have a conversation. Yeah. You know, it. it's so Fruit Loops <laughs> is the big one I wrote down. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, 
that's basically it. Uh, Nick Cage plays this like out of touch Hollywood shithead version of himself. I don't know how different that is from the real Nick Cage. Obviously, it's supposed to be different. Um, it's supposed to be a funnier, hyper stylized version. It's supposed to be rock bottom Nick Cage that wins his family back. Yeah. I guess we didn't even really talk like the rock bottom Nick Cage at the beginning of the movie. Not only is does he need money, but his family hates him. His, That's his true. Ex fiance yeah. or ex wife and daughter hate him because he's too self absorbed and yeah, kind of all this stuff. right. Yeah, he's yeah. a self absorbed Hollywood shithead. Yeah. He 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 doesn't do anything for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes everything down, about himself, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a you know if you want to see a really well done version of this type of narcissistic character, you should watch. Two TV shows. One is called The Office, starring Ricky Gervais. It's it's two seasons in a holiday special. Uh, it's an English TV show. And then the other show you should watch is called The Comeback with Valerie Cherish, starring Lisa Kudrow. And though that those are the good versions of what Nicolas Cage is trying to do in this movie. Sure. Of being just this weird narcissist who can't focus on anybody else or, or can't make the moment not about them. Like Nicholas Cage goes to his daughter's birthday and he immediately, you know, he stumbles in halfway through their singing. They've already cut the cake. You know, he's late because he's a bad guy. And then he immediately like sits on the piano and is like, you know, Hey, everybody look at me. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing a song. I'm going to sing my daughter's favorite song. And it's not her favorite song. It's yeah, just some it's shit. He likes bullshit. <laughs> and he's just trying to entertain all her friends. Um, who are have a mixture of either don't care or are genuinely like, you know, they're teenagers and they're happy to see an actor, a famous guy like in the house that they can, you know, hang out with. Um, but it, yeah, so he's just very self-absorbed. He keeps having daddy daughter days and all they, you know, all they, all he does is show her fucking old movies from the, the forties that, that she doesn't like. Yeah. He claims to like I, you know, I wonder what Nicolas Cage actually enjoys. Yeah, that's a good question because in this version of himself that he's playing, he's playing like a very self-absorbed, overly like pretentious actor. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, Who's, who? Yeah, he really thinks he's a fucking thespian. He, yeah, he says it a bunch of times in the film. Uh, the different acting techniques that he uses in the real world, and just like yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a funny play on making fun of actors too. Um, right. And so I have to think that he's not that way because he performed it so well at like out of the box maybe, or like on a like different level. Like, I don't think you could actually be that way and do that and perform it knowing the joke, you know? I so I know. hope the that, best, that would be impressive. The comeback with Valerie Cherish on yeah. HBO max. It was an HBO show starring Lisa Kudrow, it's it's the best. She's a she's a failed actress trying to get back into acting on sitcoms and she gets a reality show to to like uh document her return to the screen. And she Lisa Kudrow's one the one of the funniest people ever. She's such a great actress, one of the funniest comedic comedic actresses I've ever seen. She does such an incredible job of being this character, this shithead who she's Valerie Cherish is terrible basically she's just some terrible sitcom actor yeah she takes it so seriously and she's always trying to have these you know moments uh for her 
for her reality show that's following her around. It's geniusly done. And I don't think Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is geniusly done. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, Nick Cage mentions a movie a lot, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some 1920s silent horror film from Germany. Yeah. That's supposedly like the first horror movie. But that's his that's his pretentious reference. That's his North Star. Yeah, that's what he brings up all the time. Yeah. And then, you know, him and Pedro Pascal Bond. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I love that. You know, we're we're both horror. I don't know. That's a very common thing I see in movies of uh people bonding over obscure horror films. Sure. Or oral time. You know what you know what else the movie I just watched recently that, that happened in? Jason Bateman and uh, now Elliot Page bonded that way over in Juno. Okay. Jason Bateman was adopting the the child. Oh. And okay. uh, yeah, Juno's about a it's high school so high school yeah, girl yeah. that gets pregnant and I remember gets, I remember it it kind of yeah. So Jason Bateman and the, the main character Juno, that was their you know. The main character, I have to call it, I have to say the main character because I don't want to accidentally say the wrong pronoun, yeah. but um, not that I have enough listeners to cancel me from anything, but I'm trying not to, I'm trying to do the right thing, whatever that is. Uh, the ma- main character and who's having a baby, the and, you know, they bond over like, oh, you haven't seen this. Punk rock and horror movies is like their bonding moment. And I've seen that in plenty of other stuff too. It's a quick way to establish a connection between two characters, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, you know what? It's a, it's um, a, it's a kind of a short. Kind of what cut. it is? It's yeah. yeah it's, it's a, a shortcut. Short, when you be cheap... like, "Oh, are we best friends?" You kind yeah. Of think, like, yep. You know. It's a cheap sort. It's a cheap yeah. shortcut because it's like, "Oh, I also love obscure horror movies." Wow, we have yeah. the same taste in media consumption. We must be socially compatible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what that is. It's it's kind of a cheap, shallow shortcut. Uh, we haven't the last few episodes we've done. We haven't really. Uh, I haven't done a good job of kind of demarcating our our section of. Uh, do you recommend this film or not? If you sure. if you watch if you're a longtime fan of Let's Get Trashed, you'll know that I always give a yes or no answer. I I treat it like I would a conversation. If I'm having a conversation with somebody, am I going to recommend this movie or am I going to not recommend it? Um. My various co-hosts and friends over the over the months have, you know, Steve doesn't likes to do a number thing. He likes to rate it one through ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy Maldo gave was a thumbs up, thumbs down kind of guy. He's he's throwback to Ebert and Roper. Uh, Jimmy, what do you? How would you like to uh, inform the audience of whether or not you recommend this film? Um, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna recommend it, but I'm gonna give reasons why. Because I, th- I think I would recommend this movie to certain people, not everybody, but I'm going to say yes. I think it was creative enough. Uh, I think the jokes were uh, s- like serving enough for what they were trying to do. And I think for what they were trying to do, I think they did it well. I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, I would recommend it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Not exactly a ringing endorsement, though. <laughs> You're not – you don't you – don't, Maybe I beat the enthusiasm out of you. I'm sorry. No, uh, I mean, I would start- say, I, especially if you've seen Nick Cage movies and if you are, which everyone has, but if you mm-hmm. want to see the most Nick Cage movie, you know, as in, in 
enjoying it uh, for for him being over the top. I think this is a great movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I think I liked it. I think I enjoyed myself, you know, in the theater more than um, you know, more at the time because since I since I've seen this movie again a few weeks ago, thinking about it and definitely actually talking through it today, I think I presented a much more negative reaction to it than I actually kind of had at the time. But putting any kind of thought about it and, and thinking about the film, walk you know, just over the last hour 45 minutes i'm realizing i just didn't like it that much sure um, and which at the time i think it was it was fine i enjoyed my theater experience and it is that's kind of how i would judge a movie though right it is creative it is clever yeah it's, it's cleverly done it, it's funny to be this meta as as you know people are saying a lot now it's to be so metaphysical it's a movie about itself it's about He's acting about himself or acting like himself, but a different, you know, it's supposed to be this whole kind of thing. I, um, what were you saying? You, th you, you think you should just enjoy it on the in the moment? Well, I mean, yeah, if you're enjoying the movie and just judge it on how you in feel it. in the moment, exactly. Yeah, that's how I judge every everything. Um, because you can't think what you're feeling, right? You can't think like later, like, oh, but this and that, and compare it to other things. Like, I think if you're enjoying it in the moment and you're in the theater and you're like, oh, okay, like that was a silly time. Like, I think that's great. I disagree. Okay. For, for, you're not, you're not wrong, but here's what I, I understand. And I understand why plenty of people feel that way. And, and it's not, it's not crazy to think that way. It's like, yeah, I, 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 I had fun for two hours, and then, and then, uh, that works if you forget everything about the film and don't think about it. If you're a guy that, or if you're a person that likes to think about these kind of things, if you're a big film fan or whatever, whatever it is, a concert, reading a book, sure, whatever, whatever art form you are uh, enjoying or experiencing at that time, the thing that the, the Sitting in the theater and watching something lasts two hours, or nowadays everything lasts fucking three hours, but it lasts two hours that experience. But my thoughts about the movie that last until I don't remember it anymore. Sure, that's a lot longer. <laughs> like the lingering things about the film or well, that. And and I like again as I'm a guy that loves movies and I love talking about them and thinking about them and and and. Uh, watching other movies and, and putting that stuff together. So I spend way more time thinking about a film that I've seen than I do actually watching it. Ah, okay. And so even if at the, even if in the, in those two hours I was moderately entertained and, 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 you know, generally kind of positive about it as I continue to experience the film by like thinking about it and comparing it to other stuff and, and, you know, to to a degree analyzing it mm -hmm. if that's if that's what changes my mind on the film that's as valuable i think if not yeah. if not more so i mean again i'm i don't know if it's a I, I can't say it's a one way or the other i think it just depends on how how invested you are in yeah. it or you know uh yeah, I definitely am more experience like driven and then i move on actually i'll forget this movie immediately like mm. i probably won't completely break it down you know yeah. that way but yeah too we probably just have different yeah no i've got a good different brains you i've know? got a pretty good memory for film stuff 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the that's the situation we I find myself in because sure, again, sure. like I said, I had a moderately good time. I you know anything's great with popcorn and the liquor I sneak into the theater. <laughs> You're but like, I like all of the movies. <laughs> and drunk. and of course, obviously, you you recommend stuff to different people. As a yes, general as a general thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna say don't. I'm not aggressively saying don't go see this movie. Yeah, but I can't recommend that you go see it. I'm thinking about. It's, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about like, the people in my time. life. Yeah, yeah. But if I met somebody, if I ever met somebody who said Nicolas Cage was their favorite actor, who yeah. has who didn't know about this film and hadn't already seen it, that's the other thing is that person doesn't exist or need my recommendation. Sure. This is yeah. for this this podcast is for Ohio. This podcast is for undecided voters. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, people who somehow haven't made their minds up on the issues yet. Yeah. Uh um So th- this is this is for Ohio and it's, you know, if you're if you somehow haven't seen this film and you love Nicolas Cage, then yeah, I couldn't be happier to recommend this to you because I think you'll or have a great time. Or if you like time. Pedro Pascal, even because I think he did a really, really cool job. Oh yeah, like, he was. That's right. Movie. That's a good point. Yeah. He was. He's fun to watch in it. He's very. He's funny in it. Yeah. Um. As there's like again, the, a thing that happens sometimes where there's like a new actor and he's kind of like getting into into things and you you're kind of rooting for him. That was kind of my mm-hmm. thing too with like seeing this film is like, oh, he's like I actually I really enjoy him. Like I'd love to see him do a good job. Like I hope I hope this is a film that's like good for him. You know, like you kind of root for actors, you know, like in the, yeah. in the corner. No, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, and uh, I thought I'm, he was great. At it. Yeah. I, yeah. That's a good point. I, I root for I'm, I'm rooting big time for I'm rooting. I'm just begging Timothy Chalamet not to let me down. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned that kid. I mentioned that kid on every podcast, but I just him. think he's tremendous. I think he's good. And I just don't want him. I can't. I'm, I'm hoping he never makes a bad film. I'm hoping yeah. he never puts I'm never I'm hoping he never puts a cape on is yeah, what sure. I'm hoping. Um, just keep trying to really act. But yeah, if you yeah, Pedro Pascal is definitely very like it's obviously very talented and fun. Uh, you know what's his name? Neil Patrick Harris plays a small role in this. You know he's always for some reason. Yeah, yeah, he's he plays the agent who's the I don't know disinterested kind of agent. I'm not really sure. Um, he's been a few. He's been in a few big movies. He was also he was our he was the bad guy in the new Matrix movie. Terrible movie. Um, yeah. very yeah. bad. Yeah, that wasn't great. I actually I liked it more than it's the second best Matrix movie. Did you guys talk about that movie? No, I haven't done an episode on oh, that. Okay. You want to yeah. do one later? And later Maybe, along the month? Uh it kind of depresses me, man. But Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Let's let's yeah. talk about let's talk about it in a few weeks. Yeah. Um that could be another in the can episode. In the can. Cuz that one although it is out on streaming. Anyway. Yeah. Uh so Jimmy recommends this movie. I don't recommend it. Don't don't bother to go see it. Um, the people that the people that are definitely going to go see it don't care about my recommendation. So don't go see it. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily worth it. Although when it if it comes on cable and you still have cable, wait for the stream. Watch it. Watch it for a little bit. Oh, maybe that's a better question. Should you wait or should you see it in theaters or should you just wait for the stream? Or maybe those are two separate questions. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that that depends. That depends on a on a on a few different things, but yeah, you could definitely wait. Sure. Definitely, it's worth throwing on uh, streaming if it's like you know for a service you already yeah. pay for. Don't sure. it's, it's out on streaming now, and you could like rent it for twenty bucks or whatever it is. But don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. All right. 
thanks everybody this is another episode of let's get trashed i hope you guys enjoyed it um if you you know let me know please go to youtube uh like and subscribe that that kind of stuff is actually really valuable to me um like and subscribe leave a comment a bunch of comments uh even if you're just saying nonsense if you can think of the word i couldn't think of earlier in this episode leave that as a comment please the big and, just put and if you can't think of that word put the biggest word that you know in the comments section yeah i'm going to start creating a let's get trashed dictionary and i'm just going to read all the big fancy words you guys leave in the comments for me if you leave a comment we will u- try and use that word in a conversation yeah exactly and that'll be like that'll be a little <laughs> easter, easter egg eggs. yeah that'll yeah. be a little easter egg for the fans a, a little bit of fan service yeah just f- fitting in something that doesn't make sense or doesn't fit at all just so that the audience can go oh i recognize that that was oh. a thing from a that was a thing from the youtube comment from six weeks ago is this the trash universe what, what a trash great universe yeah the, the let's get trashed extended universe yeah. folks that's how that's how all art has to be created and now we're doing the same thing with art criticism which is what this we're podcast go is meta. art criticism um jimmy where can these fine folks find you Yes, uh, it's uh, Instagram right now is is probably where I push the most content. Uh, Sleepy Cowboy TX, uh, Bad Thrillers TX, and Danger Junior PR. All right, uh, you can find me at Nick Tazo Drums on Instagram. You can find me at Nick Tazo on Twitter if you want to see basically just a bunch of film stuff and some dumb attempted jokes. Also, uh, get at get trashed pod on twitter and at let's get trashed on instagram yeah follow us on instagram i haven't posted enough clips lately i need to do that but i'm very busy and i'm actually leaving town in a few hours so i probably won't be doing that for quite a while but these episodes will come out as scheduled thanks so much jimmy d of course for recording all these with me man uh, i really appreciate you going above and beyond and making sure i don't have to miss an episode for sure all right thanks everybody let's get trashed Peace.